You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Cardinals, everybody. I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day you tune in. We should be back and up and running on the YouTube today, as I think I've got the connection issues figured out, and as well as on your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you for kind of working with me this week and being patient, as always. Uh, once again, I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. We've got an exciting episode for you guys today, and that episode today is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Be sure to download the free Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms today. Cardinals have a pivotal series, a big-time series this week, and coming up against the San Diego Padres for a multitude of reasons. They're in a playoff race. The Padres are right behind them in said playoff race. It's at home. It is the 2011 celebration weekend this weekend, so we'll look at that a little bit later on in the show as well. 10-year anniversary of that is this season, so we'll be sure to look uh, at that season. But let's go ahead and get right into it. If you guys don't realize how big this series is, you need to listen up. You need to read some more, watch some more, because this series very well could make or break the Cardinals' postseason chances. The Cardinals are, the the elimination number from the NL Central Division is five. So unless the Brewers kind of lose out and the Cardinals win out, that's probably not going to be a a, a viable postseason option. The Cardinals, however, do have a half a game advantage of the San Diego Padres going into play tonight. That half a game could grow, it could shrink, but the Cardinals sit at 76 and 69, and the Padres sit at 76 and 60. Padres are 4 and 6 in their last 10 on a two game winning streak, and the Cardinals are 7 and 3 in their last 10 on a five game winning streak. And even the Dodgers above them, just for, for, for the record, are 8 and 2 on a six game winning streak. So a lot of people are playing with some pretty solid baseball right now. And the Dodgers actually play the Reds this weekend in Cincinnati. So the Dodgers could and the Reds playoffs hopes if they push them four or five games back um, could only push them four games back as they are one game back right now if the Dodgers find a way to sweep at Great American Ballpark. But the Cardinals have a chance to distance themselves from the San Diego Padres this weekend. It all starts tonight. 7-15 is your scheduled first pitch as we get things going here on the podcast. Miles Miles gets the ball for the Redbirds going up against former Philly Vince Velasquez. Michaelis has not pitched extremely well coming back from the IL. That is no secret. His numbers on the year are 0-2 in six starts, a 5-4-7 ERA, 18 strikeouts in 26 and one-third of an inning. You throw in a 1.41 whip, and you have a pretty unsuccessful um, season run. He had a decent start. He had a really good start, actually, against the Cubs all the way back in May, the first time he came back. And then a decent start against Pittsburgh his first time, gave up two two unearned runs in five innings. And then a bad start against Pittsburgh, a bad start against Cincinnati, a bad start against the Dodgers, and then another bad start against the Cincinnati Reds. His most recent timeout on Saturday, the 20-year anniversary of September 11th attacks. Uh, he pitched that game, went five innings, gave up four home runs, two of those being on, or gave up two home runs, struck out one, and walked one. Cardinals seem to have an ability, inability rather, to keep the ball in the ballpark. Even in John Lester's most recent start, gave up some home runs over there in Queens. But for Miles Michaelis, it's 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 gonna be it, it is time. 
it is more than time for Mike List to kind of start to, to step up and pitch like he did in 2018, or maybe not even all the way back in 2018, but the way he did in the postseason of 2019. Decent start against the Braves in the division series, really solid start in Game 1 against the Washington Nationals in Game 1 of the National League Championship Series. It's 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 time. I don't know if he's not fully healthy yet or what, but it is time for Mr. Michaelis to to step up. Cardinals are going to be going up against Vince Velasquez, who has had some really incredible moments in his career. 2021, not one of them. He's three and six with a 5.95 ERA, 81.2 innings pitched this season, a WHIP of 1.48. He's, he has he's got an ERA of 8.69 in his last seven starts. Here are the game logs of his last three games, and his most recent game coming all the way back on July the 30th. So this will be first start in a while. He went five innings on the 17th, no one runs against Miami. Not bad. Two and a third, six earned runs against the Braves on the 24th. Not good. And then two earned or two innings, five earned runs against the Pittsburgh Pirates on the uh, 30th of July. Excuse me. So not good. So Vince Velasco is getting his first appearance since ju- that July 30th start against the Pittsburgh Pirates coming back from injury. Coming back from injury, sometimes you never know what you're going to get from a pitcher. Sometimes you, you just don't. But the Cardinals are going to have to rely on not a lot of past success in, in order to get this job done because Nolan Arenado is just a buck 33 and 15 at bats against Velasquez. Uh, let's see here. Matt Carpenter, 167 and 12 at bats. Not saying he'll play a lot. Um, Yadier Molina is two out of nine. But then Paul Goldschmidt does have some moderate success. He's four for 12, a home run, throw in, an RBI in there. So a little bit of success. Cardinals are going to be looking to exploit the lack of experience here in 2021 for Velasquez trying to get a win. And like I said, Michaelis just needs to pitch like he has pitched in the past, it's time for him to step up. It, it 100% is. Because that, that that pitching matchup doesn't really, in my opinion, favor one way or the other because you've got somebody coming back from injury. You've got somebody that has been coming back from injury for a while that still hasn't impressed very much and Michaelis. So that one doesn't really sway one way or the other. On paper, at least by name alone, one would think that the pitching matchup on Saturday's start would sway all the way to the Cardinals. Or, or I'm sorry, one would say just by name alone, it would be pretty even because you've got you Darvish and Adam Wainwright. But you look at you Darvish's numbers here in 2021, they have not impressed since very early on in the season. He's 8-10, a 4-3-2 ERA, 150 innings, 177 strikeouts. His whip is pretty solid at one, but he's got a 7-8-6 ERA in his last seven starts. His, his start on September the 1st against Arizona, he gave up five earned runs and two, two-thirds of an inning. He pitched pretty solid six innings, one earned run against the Angels on the 8th of September. But he's coming off a eight earned run outing and four innings pitched against the San Francisco Giants on the 13th of September back on Monday. He has not pitched well here in in the second half of this baseball season. Um, I mean, even let's just look at his ERA by month for you, Darvish. On April, in six starts, it was 2-1-3. He had a 2-2 ERA in five starts in May. 3-0-7 in five starts in June, not bad. But July, he's had a 7-3-6 ERA in five starts. August, a 6-3-2 ERA in just three starts. And so far in September, a 9-9-5 ERA in just three starts as he has given up 14 earned runs in 12 and two-thirds of an innings pitched. Uh, Post-All-Star break, a 7-2-0 ERA. So you Darvish has not been extremely efficient or extremely successful. Meanwhile, Adam Wainwright is seeming to get stronger as the season goes on. He's got a 1-2-4 ERA in his last 
seven starts. In the second half, or in post-All-Star break, he's got a 2.02 ERA overall in 12 starts. Overall in the season, as I'm sure you all are very well aware, he's got 29 starts. This will be his 30th start of the season. He's 16-7 and with a 2.88 ERA, 167 strikeouts, 190.1 innings pitch, and a whip of 1.03. The man is just three strikeouts away from the 2,000 strikeout club. So on paper, or I, again, I, I should find a different way to phrase that. When you're thinking of just the names, you think it's a pretty even pitching matchup. Might go one way or the other. But when you look at the, the recent numbers and how the, each team is trending, each pitcher is trending, this is an advantage, Cardinals. Adam Wainwright has been the Cy Young of your team, and in my opinion, a top five candidate for Cy Young. Not saying he should win first, but I'm saying he should get some votes and some consideration and some national attention. But he's been up there. He's been very, very good for you this season. And he's he going to start on Saturday, and that's really when, whenever Wainwright starts, you have a really, really good feeling about that game. At least I tend to. Really good feeling about about that game that Wainwright is going to start on, on tomorrow, on Saturday. Advantage Cardinals, in my opinion. Advantage Cardinals. So that, that's the first two games. We'll look at the next game in the next segment, or at the, at the third game in the next segment, as well as look back on the series that was and how the Cardinals can kind of right the ship because the Cardinals got swept out of San Diego back in May. So look at Game 3, look at that series. Uh, we'll also take a break after after that. have one question that I missed for the mailbag that I will be sure to share on today's episode, as well as kind of take a look back on memory lane of the 2011 World Series champion, St. Louis Cardinals, as that celebration is indeed this weekend. McGuire, Freeze, and others back in town. Or McGuire was quoted recently uh, back in town for that. So all that more coming up in just a moment. But when you think of 2011... You tend to get a warm, fuzzy feeling. When I think about Built Bars, my mouth starts drooling and I start having a wonderful feeling and I start craving a Built Bar because they have some incredible flavors for you all to try. If you haven't heard of them all, here they are. You've got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. So delicious. Can't go wrong. There's something for everybody. If you're looking for a recommendation, mine would be double chocolate. They're all covered in chocolate, but if you can get some more chocolate, why wouldn't you? And all these bars are incredibly healthy as well, even the double chocolate. Most bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Get yourself a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors or order one flavor. Whatever you'd like, you can't go wrong with a Built Bar. And Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Have it enticed you enough? I've got a discount for you. Go to Built.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. That's right. You get a delicious tasting protein bar. You get a healthy protein bar, and you save some money with the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Order yourself some Built Bars today. Game number three for the Cardinals will send out TBD right now, but looking to be J.A. Happ if you look at how the Cardinals have lined up their rotation um, since, or have been lining up the rotation recently, excuse me. Um, but Katie Wu kind of reporting that the Cardinals will not uh, skip off days for Wainwright, so it'll be a true five days for Wainwright, which is why he is starting Saturday. The Padres do have an announced starter. That announced starter is Jake Arietta. We all remember Jake Arrieta as a Chicago Cub, had a wonderful, historic, dominant second half of the 2015 season. 
I was actually at his last loss in 2015. Uh, the Cubs were playing the Phillies, and uh, my twin brother's a Cub fan. We uh, went with my aunt and uncle to a Phillies-Cubs game. Jake Arrieta pitched. He gave up three earned runs, six, seven innings. wasn't terrible. But the story of that game was the fact that Cole Hamels threw a no-hitter, and that was Jake Arrieta's last loss uh, of 2015 until the postseason. So we all know what Jake Arrieta has done, but what's he doing right now? Nothing fantastic. He's 5-13 and and 23 starts, a 7.05 ERA, 83 strikeouts, a 98 and a third innings pitched, and a whip of 174, according to MLB.com, an ERA of 8.25 in his last three starts. That includes a five earned runs and three and a third against the Rockies, three earned runs and five innings against the Astros, and three earned runs and three and two-thirds of an innings against the San Francisco Giants. You Darvish has not, or not you Darvish, Jake Arrieta has not been the pitcher of old. He has a 13.05 ERA, or had a 13.5 ERA in the month of August, a 14.29 ERA in the month of July, 8.31 in June, 4.58 in May, 4.31 in April, so he has not had a very good season at pretty much any point. His first two starts weren't terrible, but pretty much since April the 30th, when he gave up seven earned against the Cincinnati Reds, his season has pretty much gone downhill. And the Cardinals are going to be looking to exploit that as Jake Arrieta, in his heyday, was somebody who who was, who was had ridiculous amounts of movement on his pitches. And when you have ridiculous amounts of movements, you can get away with some mistakes. If you have some control, you can control the movement a little bit. And Arietta was able to do that for a short time. Found some success in Chicago. Had a little bit of success in Philadelphia. Excuse me, I apologize about that. Microphone slipped there. Little bit of success over in Philadelphia. No success in his second stint in Chicago. And so far, little to no success with the San Diego Padres. Jake Arrieta, in my opinion, that game as well goes 100% advantage to the St. Louis Cardinals, no matter who they throw out there. Because it's most likely going to be J.A. Happ. And J.A. Happ has had a couple of bad starts with St. Louis, but overall very impressive as a St. Louis Cardinal for Mr. Happ. So I think... Whoever the Cardinals who throw out there, uh, the Cardinals will have a successful time out there and have the have the advantage, is what I'm trying to say, against J- Jake Arrieta and the San Diego Padres. I'll give my thoughts and my prediction on the series coming up a little bit later on in the show to, to finish out the show, kind of how I finished out the show yesterday with a bold prediction. Talk about that in a minute. But let, let's take a look back at the Cardinals' schedule all the way back in May. In a specific series in May, May 14th through the 16th, when you see three L's for the Cardinals at San Diego, they lost 5-4, 13-3, and 5-3. It was not a pretty series for the Cardinals. But let, let's take a look back and try and remember a little bit. This was a time when Dylan Carlson was hitting second, when Matt Carpenter was getting some starts, when Harrison Bader was struggling. You had Johan Oviedo start that first game, only able to go two innings. Bullpen, unable to kind of keep that in check. Tyler Webb was still on this team. Seth Elledge was still on this team. This is a very different team here on September 17th of 2021. Joe Musgrove made the start for the San Diego Padres. Went five innings, gave up an earned run. He did walk four, strike out five. But you know what he did? Kept this team in the game. So that one wasn't even the, the worst of the games. It was the May 15th game that really was brutal. That was one of Adam Wainwright's lone bad starts, if you will. As the Padres, as I mentioned, go on to win by the final score of 13-3. to And Wainwright was, <clears throat> excuse me, was very, very uh, ineffective in that game, to say the least. Um, on, on May the 15th, sorry, having my, my, my video quality is still good, but I'm having some 
internet issues trying to, to access the things they need to access. But nevertheless, Wainwright was not the same Adam Wainwright that we see today. He was not having a very good season at the time. He was the, the road struggles at that time were very well documented, very well talked about, and you know for for pretty good reason to be quite honest with you. As the you know he had a really bad start on the road against Cincinnati, this bad start on the road against San Diego. Because in that start against San Diego, he was unable to get really anybody out. He went six innings, gave up four earned runs. I'm sorry, went four innings, gave up six earned runs. Junior Fernandez, everybody who pitched in that game except for Matt Carpenter. Yes, Matt Carpenter pitched in that game, gave up an earned run. Woodford gave up three and one and two and thirds of an inning. Webb gave up one and one. Fernandez gave up three and one. And Wainwright, as I mentioned, gave up six and four. Very different team. Very different. Very, very different Adam Wainwright, even. And then on the Sunday night baseball game of the world, the Cardinals lost five three as the Padres put up a four spot against KK Kim. KK Kim will not be starting this series. Kim had that a really good start to that game, and the first three innings were just pretty much shut down, dominant. And then ever since, um, in that fourth inning, was unable to get anybody out, unable to escape that fourth inning. So it was a very different team. And I'm not trying to say the Cardinals are world beaters now, just because they've won a handful of games and hold a playoff spot. But the Cardinals are playing a lot better baseball, even than they were in May. And, the, and at that point in May, they were having a pretty, pretty solid season for the most part, and were trending up. But this is a completely different team than the one that we saw back in May, both in the Cardinals and the Padres. Padres have fallen way down, way down. They has they've had some extremely exciting moments this season. They have had they have played very well for the most part against the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. They had some really exciting baseball games there. But they have fallen out of a playoff spot. They have fallen out of not out of contention, but out of a playoff spot because of their really really poor play recently. The Cardinals going to be looking to exploit that as they play them this weekend. Two different teams. The Cardinals are be looking will be looking for some more success against the San Diego Padres than they had the last time out against them all the way back, all the way back in May. How do they do that? This series, they need to continue hitting like they did against New York, and the pitching needs to not not, not necessarily step up because Wainwright just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Michaelis needs to step up, but everybody needs to be sharp. They had an off day yesterday. If you missed the off day uh, mailbag, go ahead and go ahead and listen to that on your way back home from work. If you're listening to this on your way in or wherever you're listening, whatever, however you're listening. Listen to that yesterday, answered some questions. I'm going to answer one more in segment number three. But the Cardinals just need to continue to, to pitch, or to continue to hit and, and start start pitching some more uh, games. At re- off day yesterday, forgot my train of thought. So they should everybody should be rested and ready to go for this big-time series against the San Diego Padres. This very well, you know, every game matters. I know that, you know, April and May, it's kind of hard to look at the playoff picture. Every game matters. I understand that. But these games now are heightened. You can concretely see how one game, how one series can elevate or decline your playoff stature. Big time series need to step up. Hopefully it's a packed house this weekend because of the 2011 celebration. And I'm going to talk about that in segment number three. So hoping it's good crowds because the Cardinals are playing a little bit better baseball. We'll see how it goes. And again, all of this to say, all of this to say, a postseason berth does not make this a successful season for St. Louis. They put themselves in this position because of a really bad June, really bad June. So now they're trying to fight, scratch, and claw their way back up to the top. A successful season, to me, in my opinion, looks like a deep postseason run. Deep postseason run. 
But that's a different discussion. Just wanted to make sure that point is still extremely clear. So that's going to do it for segment number two. But bottom line, this is a very different. These are both are very different teams. One in a good way, one in maybe a not so good way. Uh, for the from the last series they played all the way back in May. Segment number three, answering a question, talking about 2011, giving my prediction for this upcoming series between the Padres and Cardinals coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online because it is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season as teams are back on the gridiron and college football and NFL are back underway. They have a new updated site and interface, so they have even more odds, props, and contests, and it is the number one source for everything football. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to receive your 100% welcome bonus. 100%. That is double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use that promo code NFL100, NFL100. From football, baseball, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So head over there now because they are also your online sportsbook experts. Does this problem sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching your sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you there's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, without the clutter, and finally get your TV together, and it's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in the same place. No more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So I had a, a loyal listener reach out to me on Twitter today saying, hey, you forgot my question. Super nice about it. Uh, but it's um, Tyler Schoonover, who's, who's at the Schoonies. He uh, tweeted this out on, on, uh, let's see, on Wednesday. So I apologize, Tyler, for not getting to it. But let's go ahead and completely wrap up the mailbag episode from yesterday and talk about, or maybe that portion of yesterday, and talk about this question. So Tyler says, after seeing yet another bullpen arm blow a save, do you think it's time to try Luis Garcia in the closer role? Not sure what his consecutive innings with no run stands at now, but that's exactly what we need in the ninth. He's got nasty stuff that looks destined to be a closer. There, there's definitely some some validity, some point to that. Um, but I, I just one one thing that I would caution is that I don't really see a lot of change coming in the closer role because at this point you don't want to try too many different things. And I know that. Me and other people have kind of commented on how Mike Schultz is not very creative and doesn't try and change things up, and I understand that. That's all well and dandy. Um, but Luis Garcia just just needs to continue to be put in high-level situations. If you want to try him on the closer role, I wouldn't like blame Schultz for putting him in the closer role. But I, I just think that the bottom line needs to be he needs to be in high-level situations. He could, shouldn't be pitching in, in a mop-up role, shouldn't be pitching in, in games that don't matter or in, in innings that don't matter. He needs to be in these high-level situations in one-run, two-run games, three-run games that are late. Giovanni Gallegos, in my opinion, is going to be the closer for the foreseeable future for the St. Louis Cardinals. And I know he's kind of fallen off a little bit this year, but I do think that he is... He's got one of the best letters in all of baseball from a reliever standpoint. But to answer the, the, the question bluntly... Yes, you need 
he needs to be put in high leverage situations. So, and if he's not put in high leverage situations, that's a waste of an arm. Because he has been one of your most consistent relievers uh, after a really rough start. But he's given Mike Schilt the option to go to the bullpen beyond Henesis Cabrera, Tyler, or Henesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, and Alex Reyes. Which at the beginning of the season, and even all the way up until the, the All-Star break, until T.J. McFarlane and Luis Garcia started pitching effectively, those were only really the three that you trust. The, the, the three that you trusted. Maybe Helsley every once in a while. Maybe Miller, but Miller even pitched poorly on Wednesday's dominating game for St. Louis. So Luis Garcia, I'm not saying he needs to be a closer to answer your question, Tyler, but he needs to continue to pitch in high leverage situations because he's yielding plenty of results, plenty of results. So apologies for missing that question on yesterday's show. Thanks for reaching out, Tyler. Um, If you don't follow me on the social media, be sure to follow the Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals and email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. So the 2011 um, World Series anniversary is this weekend. Celebration anniversary is this weekend. So I I just wanted to kind of take a little moment here and just kind of say how hard to believe that it's been 10 years. Let me know where you, uh, you know, where you were 10 years ago when when this run was happening. Uh, I was I was in sixth grade, believe it or not, um, watching the Cardinals just kind of take over in the month of September. Um, and I've, I've even got, uh, let's see if I can reach it over here. I've got the, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able, you'll be able to see this. But I've got the 2011 World Series Championship DVD. I know, DVD, retro. And then also something I got for Christmas that year uh, was the 2011 World Series Collector's Edition, which is all seven games in a bonus DVD. Uh, so I sometimes I'll just kind of flip on one of the games, obviously one of the ones the Cardinals won, and, and watch that. But it's just, to, to me, I look back at that series, at that team, with such fond memories, such fun. I mean, that, that, that team, too, especially to an 11-year-old, that team could do no wrong in my mind um, once they were in, in the World Series or winning the World Series. That team was, you know, the cliche or the, the Hollywood type of thing that was destined to win a championship. You had Alberts at the time last year in St. What could have been his last year in St. Louis, what has at to this point been his last year in St. Louis. You've got the hometown kid just pitched or just demolishing baseballs left and right, especially once you get to the postseason. You've got Chris Carpenter pitching, as it said in the um, in the World Series DVD, pitching like a madman in the second half of the season and into the postseason. You've got Jaime Garcia pitching extremely well. Jaime Mania at certain points. You've got Jason Mott, the closer. You've got the rally squirrel, Octavio Dotel, Mark Chipskinski, the bullpen, beating the Phillies, the Brewers. So many fun and exciting things. And Looking back at it, you know, in, in the moment, it was very, very stressful. You know, even, even to an 11-year-old, I understood what was going on. Understood that, hey, this, this is these things matter. It's a, you know, got to win a championship. But looking back at it now, it's nothing but a smile. You know, I watched the DVD the other day uh, to kind of pre- preparation of this weekend. It's just hard to believe that it's been 10 whole years. I know sixth grade and 11 years old for me was a long time ago, but still, that, that sometimes this, this team feels like it was, you know, just five or six years ago. I know that that can kind of, you know, be a good thing and a bad thing when you're looking at how to judge talent and judge where the Cardinals are at right now as a franchise. But this weekend, I hope we we can just enjoy the fact that uh, the Cardinals are back in town, that some of those players will be going to be back in town. Something I didn't mention on the team, we also got Lance Berkman um, kind of making a career resurgence for for one year, hitting 31 home runs. Uh, but, But nevertheless, it's going to be... It's going to be fun seeing some of those guys back in town. Um, if you have a chance to watch, be in St. Louis, watch or be in St. Louis, go. Go go experience it. Uh, but And let me know your favorite memory of the 2011 World Series championship team. 
your favorite one. It could be from the regular season. It could be from the postseason. Let me know. Uh, DM at LJ Fastball. You can D- DM the show at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter or Instagram. Email the show, LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Whatever you like, let me know, and I'll share it on Monday's episode after we kind of finish up the series against the San Diego Padres and St. Louis Cardinals, as well as the uh, celebration. So for me, my, my favorite memory has to be Game 5 of the, of the National League Division Series, Chris Carpenter versus Roy Halladay. Even at that time in my life, I was a huge pitching guy, loved pitching, loved, loved a good pitcher's duel. And Wayner, or not Wayner, and Carpenter and Roy Halladay gave us that uh, in that Game 5. Uh, in the World Series DVD, I have that game on a second DVD here in this case, so I watch that sometimes too. So that that's my favorite moment of the World Series championship team, um, obviously outside of the final out. And Joe Buck's, um, one of his, in my opinion, better calls. Um, what a team, what a ride. The Cardinals are World Series champs in 2011. Uh, could be world champs, but what a team, what a ride was one of my favorite Joe Buck calls of any World Series. Um, so that's going to do it for, for that kind of topic. To finish up the show, my prediction on the series, that this upcoming series against San Diego Padres, that is very real. That is not a fun, fond memory yet, but that could decide the fates of the Cardinals postseason. With the way the pitching matchup lines up, pitching matchups line up, an off day yesterday, everybody's rested, ready to go. I predict again, the Cardinals will make a series win. We'll have a series win. I think they will take at least two out of three against the San Diego Padres. It'd be really nice if they could return the favor of a sweep at home and and, and sweep the Padres out of St. Louis. But I will predict the Cardinals take two out of three. I ended yesterday's show with a prediction about the Cardinals will be making the postseason. It starts and it might end with this weekend series against the San Diego Padres. Got to take care of business against teams that are right around you and, uh, continue the momentum that the Cardinals have right now. That's going to do it on today's show. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube, on the podcasting platform. Thanks for being patient with me this week. I'm back on Monday with some more content talking about this series, sharing your memories from the 2011 team, so be sure to let me know what your favorite memory is from that team. And until I talk to you guys on Monday, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.